Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Samuel Rook. The Ides of March are upon us and it's time to pay our debts, but did French football stride proudly through to the next stage of the Europa League or was it wishful boasting after their first leg victories? All of that and a look at the weekend ahead in Liga after the latest headlines. Paris Saint-Germain had a midweek league own match at 4pm of all times to attend to as they squeezed past Angers 2-1, despite having Thiago Motta sent off in the first half. Kylian Mbappe notched a brace as the away side came back into it through a substitute Carl Tokowit-Kambe, but manager Stefan Moulin admitted his side's focus is on their weekend fixture against Colm. In the Europa League this evening, Marseille cruised into the next round as they comfortably saw off Athletic Bilbao 2-1 on the night and 5-2 on aggregate. A Dimitri Payet penalty and a Lucas Ocampos finish won the day, with Aritz Adorith uh, seeing red in the second half. In Lyon, they ended up crashing out to Seska Moscow as the Russians won 3-2 in the evening and or three all on aggregate, so through away goals. Alexander Golovin um, gave them a lead in the first half, but Kone managed to equal things up. Two quick fire goals within five minutes by Ahmed Musa and Pontus Vernblum helped the away side into a comfortable lead, with Mariano Diaz having a consolation with 71 minutes left, but they could not squeeze past their opponents. In off-the-field news as well, Lille have finally been delivered their punishment for the actions that happened at the weekend's game with a pitch invasion. Their stadium, the Stade Pierre Moroy, will be closed to fans until further notice. It's an indefinite ban that might extend for the rest of the season. And that's all for now. But for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We'll start this week with those two games in the Europa League and we'll go for the positive one, if anything, first, Adam, and that's Marseille's victory against Bilbao. It never really seemed in question after that comfortable victory in the first leg, although there was that away goal for the Spanish side that gave them a little bit of leeway still in the tie, but Marseille were professional, uh, had a good side and uh, ended up killing this one relatively quickly. Yeah, I definitely uh, definitely think so. It, it did... It did sort of put the tie a little bit beyond doubt after that first leg, first leg 3-1 win, as you mentioned. But as you said, Marseille were professional and put out a strong side despite the Lyon game at the weekend and, and they, they got the job done. It was, uh, uh, as you said, a professional and sort of um, well-organised performance from, from Garcia's side. And it was nice to see that they went with a more attacking formation. Perhaps away in Europe this year, they haven't been the most expansive or even the most impressive overall. You know, a lot of their... Their success so far in Europe League has come from home games. In the group games, you know, they they, they were much better at home than they were away. Uh, and in the previous round as well, they won the, the, the home leg. So um, it was nice to see them attack, starting with, with Lopez alongside Luis Gustavo in that field. Uh, Payet centrally as well. Three, you know, very forward-thinking forwards, obviously, as well. Um, so it was good to see them attack and, and they deserved their win. It was a really good performance. Mm, yeah, really nice performance from the team. And... With a strong side, which was a little bit surprising. It was surprising that they didn't try and bring more of them off, though. But I, I wanted to highlight someone that, especially in the last couple of weeks, have, has come into the fore. And 
someone, especially myself, and I'll openly admit this, I've ridiculed in the past, and that's Lucas Acampos. Um, mm. He scored a fair few goals. He scored two in the first leg. He scored one this evening. He, he grabbed one against Toulouse at the weekend as well. He's really started performing well in the last couple of weeks. He's got himself into the first team lineup. And that's a difficult thing with, with Morgan Sanson, obviously playing sometimes on the, on the left-hand side or or Dimitri Paye moving on that side when they play a three-man midfield with with Gustavo and uh, and uh, Sambo and Guisa and, and Sanson himself as well. He's forced his way into this team now and he's starting to score goals and he was really dangerous in this one. I thought he was positive. Every time he got the ball, he looked to go forward and try and attack. He scored a really nice goal um, and it's a sign of him maybe maturing. I think we sometimes forget that he's only 23. He'll be 24 in July, which is crazy to think about how long he's seemingly been in French football and Italian mm. football briefly, obviously, as well. But um, a really good performance from him tonight and, and Jordan Omarvi as well, who maybe should be a little bit gutted that he's not had a, a France call-up as well, although maybe injuries recently especially might have held him back from that. But let's talk about Lyon's defeat as well because I want to come back to, to Marseille and the next round after this because obviously, Sam, Lyon are out this evening after losing 3-2 to Seska Moscow. Now, they got a great performance in Russia, a big 1-0 win with that away goal, but moments of madness, bits of weakness. It kind of feels like Leon's season, doesn't it? They have one impressive moment where they, they have a really good result and then they've backed that up with a, what sadly is a disappointment and they won't be playing that home uh, final anymore. Yeah, I think you've really hit the nail on the head there um, in terms of it just sort of encapsulating everything that Leon have been about this season. Great performances backed up with headless chicken performances and tonight was very much the latter. I mean, clearly they had the talent to win the game, but it was just another another example of Leon lacking organization, lacking maturity, which perhaps could be understood to an extent given how young the team are. Um, to go out in the round of 16 is, is no great shame, obviously, but they would have believed they could beat this team, especially with the 1-0 the away win in Russia eye on a quarterfinal place and then who knows the fact that the final was going to be you know in Leon a huge target for them this is a step backwards you know last season they lost the semi-final so they've done done less well this season and it's it's very very disappointing for a team that like really looked good in moments in Europe looked impressive looked like they were sort of seasoned campaigners um, compared to some of the teams they come up against and to to go out like this is very disappointing yeah, a frustrating one, isn't it, Adam? Looking at the side, obviously, there's no Nabil Fakir. He's still picking up a knock and still not quite to full fitness. But no Aouar at all this evening, which is an interesting one. Jordan Ferry got the start as well. Maxwell Corne got his goal as well. But looking at the, the Seska team as well and the, the performances they've had in the Champions League, they had some good games at home, but they, they were pretty bad away. And they have a trio of backline of the, the Berezutsky brothers and Ignashishev who... Um, might be the slowest in existence, really, in, in all of football. You probably put those in League Two and have the strikers go past them, really, with speed. But you have to feel like, and no disrespect to, to Seska, well, well played for, for advancing, but with a 1-0 lead and away goal, Leon should be pouncing on them in the first couple of minutes and ending this one quickly, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I'm I'm just really disappointed, as Sam said, it was a bit sort of a headless chicken performance. But when you sort of look at, as you said, when you look at CSK Moscow and you look at Argument Muster, for example, who's one of their most important players and has been before and after his Leicester excursion and how poor he was for Leicester. And it sort of shows the level that perhaps CSK Moscow are at this season, you know, 
locomotive are winning the, the Russian league and they're definitely not as strong as they as they once as they once were but as you've mentioned the Berezitsky brothers even Alan Jagler has been there for a long time as good a player as he is Akinfev's you know been there a long time but they're not they're not the team they once were they're on, on the decline a lot of their players are so you would have hoped after that away win that brilliant one nil away win because obviously Moscow and Russia is, is a very difficult place to go traditionally that was a great result and then to come to this game and the second half was so open and so end-to-end that Leon kind of lost their way. I mean, uh, towards the end, they had some, they had some one or two really big chances. My leader should have scored. Dear Carby at the back post, sliding in, was unlucky, you know, to not to not to score there too. So it's fine margins, but I think they kind of they've they've this should be their priority. And to rest players for this for this game seems a little bit counterproductive because they're what nine points behind Monaco and and five behind Marseille. So I, I they're not out of the race for the Champions League bases, but I don't see them coming second. Um, so this is probably their best opportunity to get into the, the Champions League. And they're, they're a cup team when you look at them. The way that their their squad's kind of evolved, they've got lots of exciting individual kind of quick, fast, um, skillful players. All in the day can be anyone and the cup competitions kind of suit them. So you would have hoped that, you know, um, Genesio would have felt like we can win this competition. They, they generally could. And as Sam mentioned, the, 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 the fact that it was at, you know, the final was at in Lyon as well. It was a big, big plus for them. So to rest Morel, no hour at all. As you mentioned, rest Bertrand Traore. It seems a bit of an odd move. I don't know. And to prioritise the league, that suggests that's what they're doing. I know it's Marseille at the weekend, but even so, I still feel like that this is the competition that they perhaps have more of a chance of making the group stage of the Champions League because obviously if they come third, they've got to go through the qualifiers as well. So I, it seems like a bizarre decision. All right, it's still a relatively strong team. Fakir injury doesn't help either, but counterproductive and, and I'm disappointed in them. I think Genesio, although the, the sort of mid part of the season up, up until that PSG win, he was sort of, you know, in the ascendancy, I kind of feel like perhaps we're returning to that feeling that perhaps he isn't the right person for the job anymore. And, that they're, they're, they're sort of uh, much like CSKA in, in a very shorter term, a bit on a decline, Leon. They haven't played well for, for a number of months now. And um, perhaps when it comes to the summer, if they finish fourth, Genesio might not last the, the off season. Yeah, the Europa League feels a little bit more like an anomaly for, for Leon this season now than than anything else, really, after that really successful part and that loss, that win against Paris Saint Germain, they've really sank like a stone, which is. Which is Pretty baffling, and we'll we'll talk about them a little bit later because they have got that big game at the mm. weekend. But let's let's talk very quickly, Sam, about the next round really of the Europa League. The draw will be made um, tomorrow after the Champions League draw. But looking at the teams left in, you're looking at Atletico Madrid, Lazio, uh, Sporting of Portugal, uh, RB Leipzig, Arsenal, Siska Moscow, and Salzburg, who managed to knock out Borussia Dortmund uh, this evening. There's not really an easy draw in there. Some might argue Salzburg, some might say Seska uh, out of the ones you would probably prefer, but it just gets harder and harder, really. Do Marseille still have a chance at this competition, or do you think that maybe the the amount of good teams that are left in it, I'm thinking of Atletico Madrid, Lazio were in fantastic form as well, uh, Arsenal uh, showed tonight that they're good enough to to win this competition. Um, Are they still within the favourites, or maybe are they sort of hoping for a good draw and then hopefully that semi-finals when you get to that kind of stage anything can happen yeah i think i think calling them one of the favorites would be a stretch i mean they're one of the eight favorites so that's something but um no you can't really say that you expect them to beat atletico madrid over two legs lazio this season over two legs who looked very very strong um 
there are there are beatable teams. There are certainly beatable teams. Sesco, as we've just watched over two legs, not particularly impressive. Certainly beatable. Uh, Salzburg, as you mentioned, another one. But yeah, there are some there are some stronger teams than Marseille at this point. But I mean, that's what a European tournament is all about. You get to the quarterfinals of a European competition. You want to play these big teams, and this is this is why Marseille got so excited at the end of last season when they qualified for the Europa League because they wanted to be here. Um, you know, and now they are the only French team left, and that's that's a huge credit to them. You probably wouldn't have predicted that six months ago, but you know they've done a great job. I mean, this this win over Athletic over two legs is fantastic, and they can they can definitely still be hoping to win this. I mean, ideally, I think you avoid Atletico until the final, try and beat them in one game. Uh, but every other team in this is probably still beatable. Absolutely. I mean, they would have bitten your hand off if you were to mention that Marseille would be the last French team in Europe at the start of the season. I'm sure many Marseille fans will will take that badge and run with it for the rest of the next couple of months, at least until the season's end, at least. But it will be interesting to see if they can try and avoid some of those bigger teams, at least for one more round, if they can. I mean, Salzburg have had a terrific tournament, but 16 European games, it's going to affect their legs at some point soon. Um, let's talk about the the strange midweek game we had this week. Obviously, Paris Saint-Germain had the cup final in a couple of weeks' time. That's why this fixture was rearranged for today. The, the Monaco one we played sometime midweek before that one as well. Um, Adam, it was not necessarily a routine win, you would necessarily say. In the last couple of weeks, they've they've mixed things up. They've added like the likes of Nkunku. This was more of a, a traditional um, Paris Saint-Germain side, you might say. But a double for Kylian Mbappe, which will be great for him. But Thiago Motta getting himself sent off wasn't ideal. And he, he certainly left his mark on, uh, hmm. on Romain Thomas, who uh, didn't look too pleased about it either. No, it was um, it was definitely... It kind of had a feeling of a very strange game, given that it was at this bizarre time of four o'clock London time and obviously five o'clock Paris time um, on, a, on a Wednesday, a very unusual time for a league game. And, and we were discussing before we came in there, that I don't know how anyone made it to that game after work, but, um, you know, they, they, they did manage it. And it was definitely a game of a few talking points. You mentioned Motta sending off. It was a very, very sort of interesting situation because Tomar slides in to tackle him and kind of cleans Motta out a little bit. Um, and Motta's up in the air and he sort of comes down and he, I think he could easily not land on Tamar. And it's kind of... And it was on the floor, Motta walks away, the referee, you know, doesn't give anything. It's pretty clear that his studs have, have sort of very, quite severely scraped down Roman Tamar's ribs. And you can see, I think there's a, there's a, there's a point where he's off, off the side of the pitch, Tamar's about to come back on. He's got quite a nasty sort of graze or cut on the side of his ribs. And it's a bit of a silly thing to do for Motta. I mean... Because he, he's going to miss some more. He might. Would he be suspended possibly for the the, the cup final now? Because it's after the international break, so it's, it's the next game but once. So you'd imagine you get more than one game banned for this. So you obviously miss a weekend game, and then the game after is, is that cup final. So he won't be available for that. You'd imagine if it is deemed to be you know violent play, which it probably will be. He'll probably get a three game ban. So it just seemed a bit, a bit of a strange thing to do um, in a heat at the moment. Um, so that that was that was unfortunate. Um, one thing that really stood out for me in this game was. We had a really, really good game. His, his pass for one of Mbappe's chances, it may have even been his first goal, was unbelievable. And it just really underlines the, the, the sheer insanity that he didn't play in either of the, he wouldn't start either of the Real Madrid legs. And, and you know, the Chelsea out of position in, in defensive midfield, even though Rabiot can play in position for the first leg. And surely he was a really good option for the second leg. He's a very, very good player. And um, as he was at Schalke, as he was at Wolfsburg as well, 
He was brilliant for PSG in the second half of last season. And when he's been given a chance this year, he's really been very, very good for the most part. And he's really adapted to a deeper deeper role. Yesterday, he looked really happy to come come deep, pick up the ball, pick passes. And he's, he's technically very, very gifted, obviously. So he's great at that. So I think going forward, Jackson should, what would for me be starting pretty much every game. And, and, and he really underlined his quality yesterday. So that was really good to see. So... Couple of interesting points for PSG. One positive with Draxler and a big negative with Motto, who probably missed the final now. Yeah, which maybe gives a glimmer of hope to, to Monaco when they do face them in a mm. couple of weeks' time. But it, an interesting one, really, for Angers as well, Sam. It, it wasn't the Paris Saint Germain side that really swept them aside. There was a red card relatively early on that gave them a little bit of a chance. But Moulin did say before the game that they were, they were focusing on that game at the weekend. But once that happened, should they have maybe gone a bit more for it? I mean, after Carl Tokukambe did score, they did have a couple of chances. PSG had a couple on the break, fair enough, but they had their opportunity maybe to steal a draw, which would have been massive for them. Yeah, I mean, the last sort of half an hour, it turned into a siege. Kevin Trapp looked very ropey in the PSG goal. Um they really should have just just put the foot down as soon as they could have done. I mean, as soon as Thiago Motta was off, I mean, the fact that they, they then go and concede another goal with, against 10 men, then you're 2-0 down. It feels like a deep hole to get out of. I've got to imagine it feels like a real gut punch for the players to turn around and think, well, you know, Motta's off, great. Oh, we've just conceded again. Fantastic. Um, that must have been difficult. But as they showed in the second half, when they actually went at them, PSG were there to be got at. Um they had they had plenty of chances towards the end of that game to to draw level. Uh, Trab actually made a couple of really really good saves. One one low down, just a one hander pushing the ball away. It really could have been an extra point that Angers would never have counted on having this season. And uh, yeah, I mean, it has to feel like a disappointment. Um, but I think that second goal was was the killer. It probably took a long time for them to recover from that. And by the time they finally did, it wasn't enough time. Perhaps if that game had gone ten minutes longer, they would have got their point. Um, yeah, sort of, sort of feels like a point dropped. Mm. Yeah, which is is a shame, but because they're on great form as well, they got seven points from the last three games before that one. It'd have been nice to to keep that ticking over when they have a home game against against Con that we'll we'll talk about a little bit later, at least. Anyway, but on to the league on games that are happening this weekend, and we start with Saturday, well Friday's game. Apologies, with two sides on very different ends of the spectrum at the moment. Monaco flying high with a great chance here, possibly to get a win with the two sides below them fighting for possibly getting second. I, I can't imagine Leon might be, but at least Marseille possibly dropping points and maybe making second completely their own versus a Leo side that have had probably the worst week of the season, which is saying something given how it's been so far for them, really, Adam. I mean, the, the trouble last weekend was awful. The fact that their stadium will probably be closed for the rest of the season, I, I would imagine it is even worse. That atmosphere will only be even more eerie. Hopeful. It might have a side effect to, of maybe giving the players a little bit more comfort. But at the same time, I can't imagine where psychologically this team must be at the moment. No, it must be it must be terrible. I mean, I think it's kind of this this situation perhaps a combination of Leo uh, fans' idiocy last weekend and the decision, very just decision, to to you know close the stadium until that that meeting in April and and possibly you know as you said at the beginning of the show, it's likely that it'll be for the rest of the season. You know, I think it may relegate them and 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 by extension, it may end up putting them out of business because they're in they're in financial trouble if they get relegated. I mean, they're not particularly flush with cash as it is. Um, 
and they're in genuine genuine trouble of dropping out of professional football in France as Bastard did last year as others have done before them um, altogether for a club of Lille side they won the league in 2011 um, it would be a just unbelievable disaster for them so in, in terms of the worst week uh, I think it was it's probably the one of the worst weeks in, in their history I mean you look at the table and they're 19th they're in the relegation zone you know there's they're obviously very tight at the bottom Angers in 14th and 32 points Lille down to 19th and 28 there's obviously a lot to lot to be said in those positions but it's such a sort of tumultuous season that they're hardly, if you look at the teams around them, they're hardly on the up. They're hardly a team with momentum. The rest of the sides there have probably got a little bit more confidence, a lot more fans in their ground for the rest of the games to play this season. And and they feel like that they're the ones who are out of position. They're the ones who are under siege, whereas the rest of those teams, maybe to lose a side, probably expect to be in a position and, and are, you know, perhaps about par for the season and, and will happily take 17th or 16th and, even 18th and going to, you know, Troyes or Amiens end up in 18th, they get a promoted side, so happy with that. But Lille, on the other hand, they must the atmosphere around the club must be absolutely terrible, given that they, how the season's gone with Bias coming in and, you know, they beat you know, London in that first game, looked so good, and, you know, they're expected to challenge for Europe, and they've just been abysmal for the entire season, and I don't see how they can change that now. Um, with I know that Gautier is a very experienced coach, and he did, he did wonders at selecting, getting getting the best out of a very average team. But it, this may, may be beyond him. And, and Leo could be in genuine trouble of not just getting relegated, but a lot worse than that. So I think it's, it's, it's alarm bells are ringing in, in Leo. I, I honestly don't see how they can get out of this now. Absolutely. And in fairness, if, if Galtier does pull this off, what a magic trick he would have pulled for, mm. for those players to get them back on board and get them back focused on football because it, it must be incredibly hard for all of them at the moment, being so young as well, without that many experienced leaders that they ironically shipped out in the summer, really, yeah. when we think of Mavubra and the likes of those and also Enyama still sort of on the sidelines in terms of not really being with the squad. It's it's must be really tough on them. They'd they, hopefully can band around Galtier and he can maybe do something about this. But if there's a team you want to face when you're struggling, it is absolutely not Monaco, really, Sam. They they can be such a deadly team and they're, they're in great form at the moment. They've been incredible in Liga, really. I mean, it's I think we mentioned it a couple of times, but in all honesty, it's gone slightly under the radar how good they've been recently. Um, it's about 13, 14 games now with them unbeaten in the league, which is an incredible run for them, really. They they obviously have games against Paris Saint-Germain coming up that might halt that momentum unless they, they continue the way they are. But um, this is the kind of game you don't want to be facing because Monaco were a team that if they smell blood, um, this could get ugly. Yeah, I mean, you just... I think you just described it perfectly. This Monaco are just a, a brutal animal of a team, and they will, if you give them an inch, which uh, this Leo team will give them an inch, they will take it and and take much more. They 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 will they will do <clears throat> they will really uh, make this an unpleasant evening for Leo. I, I just I cannot imagine anything else other than Monaco really just filling their boots in this game. Um, Leo are really in trouble. Uh, and this game is not going to help them one bit. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And looking back at the last couple of well, last couple of months, really looking at how good Monaco have been. I've already mentioned that unbeaten run that sort of stretches um, all the way back to that Angers win back in December. The only defeats they've had since then are in cups in the Champions League and in against Lyon. Since January, they've only been stopped from scoring once. They've only scored only one goal in a game. 
none of those times either. So <laughs> there's guaranteed to be goals. And if they're a team that like that, that they've put four past Angers recently, put four past the Dijon side recently, um, they put three past Strasbourg, and it probably could have been and should have been more. Um, they are really not a team to be facing in the form they are with with Jovetic scoring goals now as well with, in Falcao's absence with Caetabalde fitting in nicely with Ronnie Lopez in excellent form. It does really make you worry, really, because, for example, at the weekend, if they'd have stepped on the gas in that second half against Strasbourg, that could have been a heavy result as well. So let's get some predictions in this one, and I'll start with you, Adam. What do you think the score will be? 6-0 Monaco. Sam? That is that is harsh, Adam. I think you you might be on the money though. I'll I'll go for a routine four nil win. <laughs> I'll diddle in the middle on five. Then I think that's so it, it just <laughs> it just feels like the ugliest game Lille could have faced. Really, I mean, looking at their fixtures and everything like that, they they have some interesting ones to come. Really, that might give them a chance, especially after this one. You think Camien at home with an empty stadium might take some of the pressure off really gang on at home in a couple of weeks as well who are falling flat they've only won one in the last 10 maybe that's a chance for them as well Mets at the end of that month as well there's little opportunities here and there that, that might help them later but this one is a, they maybe have to ride the hard stuff in this one before uh, they get to maybe some of the softer ground uh, later on um, on to the interesting game that leads on from midweek which was uh, Mulan mentioning that his Angers side need to focus on this game against Cole at the weekend. And that's the one I want to talk about uh, here on, on Saturday. And it, it was an interesting comment really from him, Adam. It's, it's always interesting for managers like that that are facing relegation battles. But uh, Angers, you would say maybe a slightly, with a win here, which it must be Mulan's thinking, um, against the Cole side that are only three points above them anyway and would go above them on goal difference if they did win on this one. Um, this could be a massive one that does finally really pull them out of that relegation mire really once and for all. Yeah, it would. I mean, if they if they do win this game, they'd be on 35 points, you know, eight games to go. I have a feeling that 40 points, the classic 40 points, probably would be more than sufficient to stay up this season. So, you know, a couple more wins and they could be safe. Um, so, you know, it, no wonder he, he didn't prioritise the PSG game. In fact, I think he even said that he didn't think they would beat PSG out, outright, which is which is unusual for a manager to say, even in that situation with a smaller club going to someone like PSG. And, you know, the, the very, very unlikely to get a result, but it's not impossible. But And they obviously didn't come too far away from getting something. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's probably the, the, the best way to go um, for him because... Angers seem to have followed a very similar path this season as they did last, in that they started okay, they did the classic Angers thing of not getting the results they deserve, but playing pretty well. And then over the winter, they really dropped off and they looked like they were going to get relegated. The same thing happened this year. Last year, it was partly due to the African Nations Cup. They lost a lot of players to that. Jake and Doyle being a big miss, of course, and the same case for the whole of this season without him, you know, they really struggled to replace him. Um, and also, this, you know, they finished second bottom of the first half of the season. So over the winter break, they're in the relegation zone. But since they've they've kind of redoubled their efforts somehow, and they've found that extra extra level of performance that perhaps they were struggling to find previously, they've been more consistent, they've been more solid, um, and they've just sort of started to put the results together that they that some of the performances earlier in the season deserve. As, as the same kind of thing happened last year, and they finished pretty much mid table last year. So you look back at their sort of previous results. Good result against Bordeaux last week. They're actually quite good in that game. Pretty even game. I think Poet's new manager bounce is probably wearing off a little bit already. Um, but still a good result away from away at Bordeaux. Three and a win against Gangon when they're really good. Although Gangon, the ultimate mid-table side at the moment, you know, they're already on the beach, as it were. And that win at Lille as well. So, you know, the, the form since sort of February has been has been has been pretty good. And I think 
Mulan's a very sort of, although he's not a classic league and manager, he's a very astute, very wily coach, and he knows how to get the best out of this team. And he's obviously extremely well respected at Angers, getting them up from 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 League Two and and doing so fantastically since, especially in that first season. And he has, unlike perhaps other teams around them, or with Leo maybe especially, he has the confidence and support of his players. Not that Gauti doesn't, but he definitely does Mulan, and they believe in him, and that really showed in this half of the season as it did in the second half of last season. So, as you say, a win here, you know, uh, although it's it's at home um, and against a con side who aren't necessarily in form, they could, you know, once again pull themselves away from trouble and finish again in mid-table, which is fantastic because I think aside from Amion and possibly Twa, they've got the smallest budget in the league. So it really underlines what a small club they are and how fantastic they've been since they were promoted. So a big game really for them. And if, if they do get the win, 35 points, they're not far off, off safety. Absolutely. And it, it's strange to think that in this modern age that that win against Lille that was big, but only just about on goal difference got them outside of the, the relegation zone in the the, uh, the playoff place as well. But four days after that, they gave Mulan a new contract. And that yeah. seems to, in a, in a weird way, galvanise the team in another direction, saying we believe in this manager, we believe in this team of players to get us over the line rather than try something new, try something for, for the last 10 12 games and try somebody else and different ideas. They they doubled down on him and it and it so far is working. And you you look at the games left, even if they don't get this result against Colm, they've got Strasbourg, they've got Toulouse, they've got Mets still to come and Dijon as well. And, and teams by that point, like Nantes, who might be completely out of the running for fifth or or outside of that, at least anyway, two games left that they might already be on the beach that there are options there for them there's games left that they they have chances in and that's a real credit to their to their board to believe in the man that that brought them up in and brought them to the the level of success that they have at the moment but three straight home games to come is it's a real good chance for them maybe to build some momentum and absolutely put this to bed but and it's an interesting one Sam because they do come up against the side that are the super mime well, I think they're the marmite team of of league on football at the moment really they they do things like they beat Leon in a quarterfinal of the Coupe de France and they, they beat Strasbourg really comfortably, but in a, a sort of battling performance and then they lose to Lyon who were in awful form. They they lost to Dijon away and, and didn't really put up a fight against a great home side. They, they, they can be one way or the other in each game, but in this kind of match, that means that either it's <laughs> one team is going to turn up, either it's going to be a, a bustling, aggressive team that, that ends up um, shoving Angers out of the way and, and nicking something, or it's going to be a con side that just, don't decide to turn up instead and uh, hand on Jay a win. Yeah, and I don't think we should expect Caen to to turn over yet. I mean, they are quite a lot further up the table than Angers. They're not exactly in the relegation danger, but only seven points. You know, things stranger things have happened. A team like a team like Caen could easily go on a on a losing streak and find themselves in trouble. So they the players won't be thinking that the job is done, that they're they're safe already and. They'll know that a game like this is an opportunity to, as you said, push someone aside, push a team aside who have been brittle, who have been mm, not always willing to sort of put in a, in a, in a full shift, perhaps. Well, you know, we said earlier in the season they weren't really getting the results that their play merited, but part of that is down to sort of industry and, and application, and that's maybe something that this Angers side lack from time to time, and I think they didn't, certainly in, in recent games. They haven't lacked that uh, against PSG, for example. They, they, they really pushed until the final whistle, but Con as well won't uh, won't just sit back and, and allow this game to happen to them. They'll they'll play their game. Uh, they most likely won't score any goals because that's just not really their thing, but um, they won't make it easy for Angers, I don't think. 
And it'd be interesting to see if, I don't know what the agreement is between Cole and Angers, but if Enzo Crivelli can make that game and starts with whether he might uh, have a, a point to prove maybe given his uh, season with the club really. But let's get some predictions. Um, I'll start with you this time, Sam. What do you think will happen in this one? I think this is a nailed on goalless draw. Sam? No, Adam, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 1-0 Angers. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with you, Adam. I just feel like this is the kind of game where where Com won't lay down. I don't think they're at that point, but they just seem to either be a really good team or a really average team. And I, I just feel that in this kind of game with a team that has a bit of momentum with them, even though that, that loss in midweek will hurt a little bit, they'll maybe feel like they can do some more, but they can build on that in this game and, uh, and get a 1-0 win. Um, two games now that are really going to affect those places at the bottom of the table because they are between sides that will be still definitely looking down rather than up. And let's start with the really interesting one for both of them, at least, because it's massive, really, this one, uh, between Amiens and Troyes. Um, both, or oh, Troyes currently occupy that, um, auto- well, not the automatic, the uh, the playoff relegation place by just a couple of goals really above Lille and uh, Amiens are two points above them really so Troyes could go above them with a win here Amiens could start to put a gap between them and the, the, the those places as well and maybe even drag teams further down in with them it's it's a big game for both teams uh, Adam they they neither of them are great goal scorers in fact they're both um other than uh, Con actually they they're the two worst goal scorers in the league with 24 goals each it's going to be a tough one really to find out and especially with Trois in the last couple of weeks they, they've had a couple of little it felt like they, they maybe were starting to get some momentum sort of January time but it sort of fell off that big they had that big win against Mets that felt like that they had gone but they never really built on that it's three defeats since then and that sort of hammer blow really against Nantes at the weekend as well where they thought they might be able to take a point from that game and that, that edged them closer to everyone but they ended up losing it in the final few minutes uh, Emiliano Sala popping up um, this is another big big game for them isn't it yeah it's huge it could it could define their season really I mean losing because Amion although they've been good in, in spells this year you know they, they were you know our, everyone's favourites to kind of finish or get bottom or to finish bottom or get relegated um, so to lose this game, you know, Amion, they'd be five points behind Amion if they were to lose here. Um, but Troyes have remained competitive. And I think they are a side, as you mentioned, that they just lack that kind of that goal score that perhaps other teams not necessarily around them have, but the, the team, the, the type of goal score that they need to keep to keep them in in the, in the division. I don't have that much confidence in in Souk, who's on loan from Porto, or Adam and Nian, who whose attitude's pretty poor. We missed two games because he, he fell out with, with Garcia. Um, and they, they kind of lack that focal point. Um, I, I think there are some there are some really interesting points to them though this season that, that you know they, they can hold on to. And I think Christoph Horel's been been fantastic for them at the centre back and he's gonna be crucial going into the final few weeks of the season. Um, <clears throat> really, really good defender. Um, they've got they've sort of they've kind of struggled to find a partner for him. I mean, Jimmy Giraudon and and Osvaldo Vizcarondo sort of shared that role, but he's really been sort of a leader for them. And uh, he, unfortunately for Twelve, they stay up. But either way, I don't think he'll be there next next season. I mean, and not a lot of half of the table could really do with him in their in their team. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, Kawi on on loan from Marseille has been been really good in spells too. So they've got. They've got a decent spine in there with with Volta who's come in from Nice and, and done done well and and Benjamin Neve is obviously a reliable player despite being forty one now 
so that they have like a solid core, but it's just whether they can score the goals or to keep them up. Um, and and this game is 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 huge. And as I said, if they lose, they're a fair point by a fair point, few points behind Amion. You know, Toulouse might get a result, then they're you know they're looking like the relegation playoff might be theirs. So big game, but they they've got they've got players that belong in this division, and they've got the ability to keep them in this league. So still a long way to go, but they need to find goals from somewhere, as you mentioned, because that will likely, as it is for many of the teams down there, be their undoing. Yeah, absolutely. And goals are a factor for, for Amiens as well. As I, as I mentioned, really, it's only Musa Kanate who's grabbed eight, I think, but they've, they've really been in spurts this season and very infrequent. And he's been in and out of the team as well. But Sam, they've got this game against Twilight Home, which is a massive one. They've got that game against Lille um, in after the international break as well, but it'd be another huge game for them because after that, you look at the fixtures left for them. There's an away game against Lyon. There's an away game against Monaco. They have to host Paris Saint-Germain. They have to go to Marseille on the final day of the season. Yes, there's maybe Metz and Strasbourg and, and Colm, interesting ones spliced in there, but... <sighs> With those separated out as well, knocking conference before those kind of games, these two games especially are the epitome of their season, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can you can make an argument either way. You could say, well, sure, they've got the tough games, but they've got the winnable games, and they're the games they need to win. They would never have come into this season expecting, like, well, okay, we need to beat PSG, we need to beat Marseille to keep us up. I mean, obviously, they would never have factored those points into their plan. Their plan would have been... We need to beat Lille, well, perhaps not at the start of the season, but certainly the team that's 19th, we need to beat them. Um, so you can, you can make that argument, but at the same time, this is a team that has a real bad habit of going on long runs without points, without goals. And if they can't, if they can't find points in this and the next game, they will really find themselves in trouble because, as Adam's mentioned, the teams around them you know, will obviously be playing as well. They could move ahead of them and then they could find themselves in real trouble. And... They, they, I think they've been quite fun this season, and it would be sad to see them to uh, drop in and, and drop out of the league. Um, but you know, there, there are other flaws there, as you mentioned. We've all mentioned tonight: small, small budget players, not enough players scoring goals, uh, problems with long, streaky runs of of not putting together good results, uh, good results, good performances here and there. But they really need to put two of those together here and then against Lille because otherwise they could find themselves in trouble. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting time for them. I, I do hope that they, at the moment at least, I mean, seem the, the more the more pluckier sides than some of them down there really at the, fighting at the bottom and um, maybe they might just have enough against those games, maybe, maybe against especially a, a Lille side that might be dead and buried in terms of confidence-wise anyway, that they, they might get a real chance there. But let's get some predictions and I'll start on this one and Following on from that, I think Almien will nick this one. Uh, I think it'll be a one-nil win for them, and that maybe really should put the frighteners uh, in twack because that starts to make a real gap for them. Uh, should other results go against them as well, um, Adam? What do you think? Yeah, I think Almien two two one. Sam, uh, I'm going to go Almien one nil as well. Yeah, I, I really start to feel for Twa because especially they themselves don't have great games left. I mean, Nice, who are in good form after this one, Marseille, Saint-Étienne, Lyon, Montpellier, Monaco, some awful games. Caen, who are a side that can be up and down. Gangon have been not in great form, but at the same time, they aren't the team you want to be facing away from home if you're struggling to score goals as well, because they will score goals. That's the issue. Um, and you start to really worry that they, if Lille 
do pick up that they might be the uh, the one sinking in their place. And um, the other really big game around the bottom of the league as well is Toulouse uh, hosting Strasbourg. Now the away side have slowly sort of crawled themselves back into this fight almost on accident in the last couple of weeks. Um, um, it's not been the greatest time for them really. Ever since sort of the the turn of the year, they they had that win against Troyes, which felt like a big one that finally sort of got the monkey off the back, but. And they lose to Paris Saint-Germain. They have the draw against Montpellier that was pretty poor. And, and then two losses in a row against Colin and Monaco have sort of shoved them back in the race. But a win here would be massive, especially with Nantes and Angers, to, well, sorry, Metz and Angers to come in the next couple of weeks that could finally sort of put the, the their relegation worries to bed if they do win in this one. But a loss in this one at the same time puts them right in the mix of it again, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does. And they, they're 19th in the form table right now. I mean, you, you struggle to find anyone who's playing worse in Liga than they are. They're, they're also 18th in the, the away from home table. So, you know, this is to win, to win a game like this would be for them running against both form and their previous sort of performances away from home. Plus, factor into the, the fact that Toulouse are sort of slowly finding themselves. I mean, they, they gave a really good fist of that Marseille game. Last week, you know, before that, three consecutive draws. Um, Strasbourg look—they look like they're in trouble, and and this could be this could be. We see this from time to time, a promoted side that looks quite comfortable mid-season, even sort of uh, the early second part of the season, and then they drop like a stone, and and that's really what we're seeing from Strasbourg here. They they um, since since like February, they've just totally dropped off and. It's it's looking it's looking rough. I mean, the fact they were knocked out of the Coupe de France uh, by Chambly that that's that's really rough, uh, and that certainly doesn't add to the confidence of the players. Uh, this this is a real worry for Strasbourg. I think they're fifteenth, but they're not far away from relegation, and I think this they could be really in trouble. Mm, yeah, I think they might just be a little bit lucky, given that their their couple they're running just looks like it's not got that attrition that some other teams have have got. I mean, they've already played Monaco, Montpellier in recent weeks, Paris Saint-Germain, they've already played Lyon, they've already played Marseille. They're, they're running is obviously this Toulouse game, but Met, Sanger, Saint-Etienne, Amiens, Nice, Rennes, Lille, well, they do play Lyon again, sorry, near the end. And no, there's, there's still some games where they can pick up points that might just about save them. But this Toulouse side, really, the, the home side, Adam, they, they can't really work them out at the moment sometimes. I mean, they had that, well, since they've changed manager, really, they've had some positive performances. They, they only lost 1-0 to Paris Saint-Germain, which was pretty unfortunate for them, but then they draw 0-0 with Amiens. They get a fantastic 3-3 draw against Monaco that they they battle back in and, and, and earn that, but then draw to Mets and then they did relatively well at the weekend as well against Marseille although they did come up short again losing 2-1 they need to start showing these these okay performances that they are building into victories now because they, they're still in and around those uh, relegation places yeah absolutely they're, <clears throat> they're currently 17th just a point above Toire and Lille um, <clears throat> with, with excuse me with Toulouse I, I kind of feel like you're absolutely right. Since Dupaz left, there's been a, a slight kind of resurgence in their results, at least. Performance-wise, I kind of feel like they're relatively similar. Um, I thought they were, in the last few weeks of Dupaz's reign, I kind of felt like they were playing pretty well, um, perhaps not getting the results they deserved. They lost at Sanetienne 2-0. I remember them being probably the better side in that game. It was really weird that they didn't they didn't get anything from it. Um, it was one of, one of Dupaz's last few games in, in charge, but... For them, it just feels like they're sort of struggling to keep their heads above water. I mean, 
you know they've they've had those those consecutive draws after before that Marseille game, drawing with Mets away from home, just about got a draw there, just about got a draw, a really good draw, obviously against Monaco, and and drawing with Amiens. Like they're just sort of fighting to stay in the league, um, and their exp- expectations were that they'd be top half. They may even change for Europe at the start of the year. You know, with the law, you know, thoroughly ensconced in the team, and you know he's very good at con and. Max Gradle coming in on loan and Bula coming in on loan. They really felt like they're a team that are on the up and they've turned into a team that lacks any sort of identity. I think <clears throat> when Depraz was there, they had that sort of uh, rumbustious kind of battling, um, scrappy, intense kind of style for a bit. And, and that kind of faded quite, quite quickly. And that was sort of the case when they were doing so well at the start of last season. And obviously when they stayed up brilliantly under him and too, but Debev's not going to last. Um, he's, I think he's there until the end of the season. And I doubt he'll start at the beginning of next season. And the next manager appointment for this club will be, be huge because if you look at the, over the last five or four or five seasons, you look as far back as Alan Casanova uh, and then um, Domi Arabadje and then a lot of Dupraz's reign and now Debev too. They, they've only just stayed up a lot of a lot of the time. And apart from that brief resurgence under Dupraz and and obviously he's a very motivational manager, but not the strongest tactically. And and they need to find some identity if they do stay up this year. Otherwise, next year, they make the wrong managerial appointment. They find themselves in a very similar situation. And, you know, they, they could drop out of the league again. So I just feel like they need to be... They need, they need a club that, that... They need a manager who's going to give them some sort of direction. Uh, and... And at the moment, I don't think Debev is that that man. And although he's a he's a very good coach, and you know he was he's been at the club a while, I I I, I think they will stay up. But they it's a short term fix, and that seems to be the case with Toulouse that they're just managing to stay out. They're just managing to get out of trouble, and you know lose this game. We talked about Strasbourg; they're terrible from, away from home, um, and you know they're going to be dropping into this relegation fight too. But if they lose this game, then and Troyes get some sort of result, they could be dropping into the bottom three. It's so tight between those bottom, uh, if you include Mets, bottom five or six, and it it might not be enough this year. So it's it's very difficult to know where where this club will be this time next season or the season after. And for a club that have promised so much, it's so disappointing to see them struggle. And I I don't see that. I don't know how they can go about changing that. So a huge game, but. This is the first of a number of a number of battles to come. I think that not just this season, next season too. Mm, yeah, absolutely. They need to start thinking long term what they want to do with this team, especially mm, now. You, th- you the worry now for a lot of teams, it, it will for them and, and any manager coming in is that Alban Lafont is starting to to look elsewhere, possibly mm. to his rumours of Napoli and a couple of English clubs as well. Maybe that might be, be lit. I think that's maybe a bit too much of a step up yet. Just have a, have that half step level. Oh, Burnley, you're yeah. still 18. We'll have that one. And then the European clubs can come in when you're 21, 22. You've got so much time ahead of you, really. But him, um, you think of Issa Diop will attract a lot of interest again in the summer from, from bigger clubs as well. Once they're pulled out, do they have the replacements for them? Because obviously they've come through, through the ranks there. They don't really do unless we're missing something and obviously they've got something in their back pocket that we're not expecting. But take those two out the side. You, you've lost some of your future. Well, hopefully you get recover a lot of money. But if you're if you're buying players like you did, well, 
at least loaning players like Kimbula and, and Gradel that never really quite hit the ground running. Gradel's had a lot better games recently, but you look at Delor, who's not really kicked on. You look at Corentin Jean, who's not kicked on. Yes, Nogo's had okay games. It's, it's not the greatest. They still don't really have a link in midfield to, to add to the attacking games. I mean, Somalia plays sometimes. He's not great. Kawasaki is just an enforcer, really. They, they've got a lot they need to look at in the summer, really, and decide what direction this, this club's going to head in in the uh, next couple of years, at least. But predictions, finally, on this one. Uh, I'll start with you, Sam. Um, I'm going to go with my heart rather than my head and, and back Toulouse to win it uh, 1-0. Adam? Yeah, me too. Toulouse 1-0. I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Strasbourg might nick this one, and with with Toulouse sort of middling a little bit, um, this might be their chance to to seize on it, and hopefully in those next three games uh, start to pull away. And it, uh, I'm going to go for a one 0 win for the for the away side to uh, to steal one there. Um, on to the the big match really of the weekend, especially for both the teams involved, and that's the two Europa League teams tonight in Marseille and Lyon. It's it's a huge game, um, especially for the away side. Uh, Adam, it's 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 a strange one really for them because, like, like we mentioned earlier, it's it's been a tough one for them. They they've struggled in the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's a big game this one really for them and for Genesio really. Do you think that if they do lose this one and that's quite conceivably th- third completely gone from their grasp, you can't imagine Marseille losing that many points to to drop out of that place by that point. Um, do you think that's Genesio? is the final nail in his coffin and whether he goes straight after the game or or in the summer, do you think that'll be the end of him? Yeah, I I think I do. Um, I kind of think he's had enough chances. I mean, he's been around a long time now at Lyon, at least in modern terms, and it feels like they've started to deceive a number of times and they've come close to being that sort of freewheeling, exciting, exuberant team that that they could be. And, you know, they've had spells where they are that team, but they've not maintained it and they haven't kicked on and really produced a performances consistently or the results um that, that that a club like leon expect and you know last season you know semi-finals of the europa league capitulated against ajax same thing this evening against csk Moscow when they had a genuine shot at making you know as i said earlier in the on the pod making a, a real impact on this europa league capitulated again just when they beat psg in the league they capitulated in league and and lost to bordeaux and you know they've really they keep doing the same thing and it's becoming a bit of a, a cyclical thing for them. And Gemesio, given it's happened so many times and he's been there a, you know, a few a few years now, he has to take the blame for that. And they've got an exciting young team. They've got a lot of talent. They've spent money on some, all right, they've got, they've got money in for Talisa and Lacazette and gone along in the summer. But they, they spent money on on marquee signings like Depay um, and you look at players like Ndombele and Aou who are coming through. They've got the talent. And and they need to be doing better with that talent. And I don't know that Genesio is has proven himself as the man to to get the best out of that talent consistently. And a club like Leon will attract, you know, they'll, they'll attract big name managers and they'll attract very good managers given the, you know, the new stadium, the resources, the support all us will give them, um, and the players are already there. Uh, I don't see this team breaking up anytime soon unless Fakir may go in the summer, I suppose. But I imagine he's around for at least one more season, perhaps. Um, and th- th- there's a lot to work with at Leon, and, and Genesio's not made the best of it. And I think there's a lot of other managers out there, perhaps, that could. And and Olas may come to the decision. I don't think it'll be after this game. I don't, I don't see him being sacked straight away. Because if they do lose the eight points behind Marseille, um, I think he'll give it to the end of the season. But over the summer, as I said, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did go. 
Um, and assuming that they they did really did trail off in this this fight for for Champions League football, and and it's, it was it's just time. It just feels like it might be just time. He's had all his chances, and it's time for another manager to give it a shot. Yeah, it feels like possibly this this could finally be the end of him. And mm. if anything, really, Sam, that is just opportunity to Marseille, who didn't do great against Toulouse, really, but they got the victory they needed. They they stayed that gap between them. But this is probably, other than obviously they've still got the Europa League, but their, their season really in a nutshell. You look at the rest of the games they've got left after this one in the league and you've got Dijon, Montpellier will be a tough one, but they do have them at home, which is a positive. Trois, Lille, Angers, Nice, Gangomp, Amiens. There's not really any worries in that one, maybe other than Nice um, towards the end of the season. But it again, depends on which one of those turn up or, or where they are um, come early May when they do face them. Um, a win here pushes Leon much further away from him and gives them a real chance. Well, it gives them all ample opportunities really with him still being in the Europa League of, of Champions League football next season. Um, this is the B&L end over for them, isn't it? It is. And I think it's a it's going to be a really, really interesting reflection of where this team is. You mentioned the Toulouse game, didn't play well, got a result. That has it's kind of gone a little bit under the radar just how often they've done that this season. Marseille have often not been great, not been great for 90 minutes, certainly, but found a way to win, found a way to get points. And that's that's really, really not what we expected, perhaps, of a team that was a little bit cobbled together. There was real question marks over the manager. And yet they've really shown a sort of esprit de corps. They've, they've, they've really pushed for results that maybe they didn't even deserve, and they've got them, and that's really important. Um, add to that the fact that when they played PSG earlier in the season, they they were fantastic. They rose to that occasion. They were they were really really strong. But obviously, more recently, played PSG twice. Very very big games both for Marseille as a real test of where they are, and they failed both those tests quite badly. So this game is another test, and will really sort of show us where they've come to. Can they rise to the big occasion against a uh, Leon, who are not exactly in good form, but obviously a very top quality team, a team who themselves beat PSG earlier this season, if Marseille can rise to this and, and, and really actually play them, not play them off the park, play them, beat them, outdo Leon, that's going to be really important. It's going to really show that not only can they sort of hustle in the tricky games against a frustrating opponent like Toulouse, but they can really rise for the big games and beat a side like Leon, who, who despite the fact they aren't winning games, are still, as as Adams mentioned, a very very talented side, deep with quality, arguably possibly on paper a better side than Marseille. But Marseille have put it together more often than not this season, and I expect they'll do it again on Sunday. Yeah, it feels like this Marseille team, like you mentioned, Sam, have sort of snuck through a couple of games, but this is maybe finally, and we've said it a few times, it feels like this can be their their statement game of their season because it, it feels like with the quality that they've done and the job that Rudy Garcia has done with this team, at the start of the season, you would have never said, oh, I, I definitely wouldn't have said this, but this Marseille team doesn't feel a million miles away from fighting with Monaco for second. I don't think anyone's close to, to facing PSG unless they had another down year, which doesn't feel like it will happen um, anywhere in the near future. But they're not a million miles away with three or four signings. You think maybe a, a, a strong striker, you think maybe an extra midfielder and, and possibly a, a more mobile centre-back possibly as well and possibly a right-back. They're a really interesting pro, pro, uh project again you think the the money they've possibly got behind them to try and find those that the options that they might have in league to to 
bolster their ranks as well and, and look elsewhere possibly and, and use the resources they have, get get someone else and they could be really, really interesting next season. But this is a massive game for them at the weekend. It's massive for both really as Leon sort of cling on to that fourth ball the hope of Champions League football with their fingernails. Um, let's get some predictions and I'll start off on this one. Uh, I think this is going to be a 2-1 win for, for Marseille and finally they feel like they get that statement win on their season and probably um, ride off for the rest of the league and season them um, comfortably in that third position as they, at this point at least, they will, uh, truly deserve. Um, Adam, what do you think? I'm going to say 2 all. Leon are genuinely better against the big team to kind of suit their style of play. So uh, high scoring and two each. Sam? I'm really hoping Florian Tovan, who, who's back now, can can really give a statement game of his own. Um, I think he, he, he's been criticised a little bit for his performances in the bigger games, and I'm, I'm hoping to see a really big performance from Tovan. So I'm going to say 3-1 with, with Tovan, man of the match. Yeah, that'd be great, especially with him obviously not um, in the France squad this evening, and we'll talk about um, that on our main pod on Monday, but uh, he'll, he'll be a little bit disappointed with that and uh, looking at... Um, Obviously, it looked like at that point he might still be injured, but he did uh, play this evening, which was a, a real positive for him. And, and players come into form. It'll be a really, really interesting. And do tune into that one on Sunday. It almost guarantees goal at a Marseille-Leon game. So uh, that's all for this week. My thanks to Adam and Sam and all of you listening at home. Uh, join us for the main show on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.